Welcome to Pathfinder's Messianic Bible Study. I'm your host and teacher, Brother Scott Norris. Once again, um, we're going to take a look into Scripture, into, into the ancient paths of Scripture, and dig into God's Word. Okay, so I want to discuss um, this evening on the topic of the seven wind patterns of the anointing, the seven wind patterns of the anointing. We're going to find out what that means in just a moment here. Um, as we take some time to dig into the word, as we always do, and rediscover the ancient paths of scripture. So um, let's take a look over in Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to look at verses one through five. Okay, so it reads, Then a shoot will come forth out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch will bear forth fruit out of his roots. The Ruach, or the spirit of Adonai, will rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and insight, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of Adonai. His delight will be in the fear of Adonai or in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see nor decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the poor of the land. He will strike the land with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips will he slay the wicked. Also, righteousness will be the belt around his waist, his loins, and faithfulness the belt around his waist. Okay, so when we look at the book of Isaiah, you know, Isaiah um, was, you know, certainly a prophet um, who's been around way before Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, was born. But many scholars and theologians agree that Isaiah is one of the most messianic of all the prophets. You know, he does a lot of detailed prophecy concerning the coming Messiah, um, about his first coming and even his return. Just a lot of great detail is given to us in Isaiah who, who, who received all of this by prophetic vision. He didn't meet Yeshua personally, but some writers, some theologians even refer to Isaiah as the fifth gospel writer. And so in this particular passage, Isaiah has given us prophetic insight into not only the lineage of Yeshua, but also the, the, the attributes, the spiritual attributes uh, that would be on display in his life as he moves and operates in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so to begin this, he talks about... Um, Yeshua's lineage, you know, it reads, then a shoot will come forth out of the stem of Jesse and a branch will bear fruit out of his roots. He will, his delight will be in the fear of Adonai. He will not judge by what his eyes see nor decide by what his ears hear. So as we all know, Jesse is the father of King David. And so it's interesting that he begins um, the lineage of Yeshua, not with David, who was a king, just like Yeshua is a king, an anointed king, but he begins with Jesse. Jesse, who is David's father, was never a king. Normally a king becomes a king because your father was a king. It's normally through a line of succession, but that was not the case in David. David begins the whole royal lineage within that particular lineage of Judah. And, but, the, but, Scripture, Isaiah mentions Jesse, uh, which, you know, I find to be quite fascinating. You know, uh, there's speculation around that. I think it just shows humility. You know what I mean? That 
uh, Yeshua's lineage comes out of Jesse, not just David. So even, you know, even before David becomes king, it, it just, his lineage is out of something that's humble. So this is, this is what's different about Christ and his kingdom. Most uh, kingdoms, they boast and brag about the exploits of their past ancestors. But Jesse, you know, the humble man who was never a king is a, out of his loins, out of his household. He actually trains up a king, David unknowingly, you know, as he's the one who births a king into the earth and it comes out of a, a man that is greatly humble, a man who's not renowned or famous or any of that. And when you really look at the birth of Yeshua, we see the same thing. We don't see Joseph or Mary, Mary sitting in a palace. You know what I'm saying? That, that Judaic lineage of kings had already been dismantled and destroyed you know, Joseph, Yeshua's father or natural father is a carpenter. So, you know, it, it kind of, you know, similar, similar to David, he comes out of humble beginnings. All right. And so his calling, you know, just like the Bible says, consider your calling, brethren, not many noble of you have been called, but God has chosen the weak things of the world to confine the strong. Right. Let's see. Isaiah. Uh, chapter 10, verses 33 and 34, leaves with the idea of the Lord chopping down the proud as if they were mighty trees. Now the picture is of the Lord looking over these stumps and causing a branch to grow out of one of them, the root of the family of Jesse, King David's father. Okay, so the Lord breaking down the pride and, you know, out of a place of humble beginnings arises this branch. All right, so we get a nice prophetic look into Yeshua, his lineage and background. The royal authority of the house of David was dormant for 600 years when Jesus came as King and Messiah. When Jesus came forth, it's like a new green branch coming from an apparently dead stump, almost as if life from the dead. And so, you know, we get the image here now that the Lord can bring life out of things that appear to be lifeless. You know, he can, he can, he can, he can bring forth life out of people who appear to be lifeless and nothing left. It could be dormant, but he can bring forth life um, where, where it seemed as if life was impossible and and where it seems as if circumstances were inhabitable, God can breathe life into any circumstance or situation. The Lord wanted Judah to know that even though the Assyrians and others would come and bring judgment, God would still use them and bring forth life from them. Even if they looked like a long dead stump, God would bring forth life. Glorious restoration under the Messiah was promised. We see a bare, withered tree stump robbed of its trunk and top, and it looks as though the stump will never bear any fruit anymore. But a small shoot sprouts from the root of this dry stump, which is the Davidic dynasty. Because of its unsightliness and misery, it is not named after David, but after his father, Jesse. That's another interesting take. When Christ was born, there was nothing royal about that dynasty, but a new shoot sprang forth from this old stem. Glory be to God. So 
As I stated, the Lord emphasizes the humble nature of Yeshua and the humble origins of this dynamic dynasty, the Davidic household of faith, right? So um, now I'm going to discuss one of the seven, some people describe this as the facets of the anointing, but the title of this message, really our study is really going to be on the seven uh, wind patterns of the Lord, the seven wind patterns of the anointing. Yeah, the seven wind patterns of the anointing, because we see in this passage, the Lord begins to list, you know, he talks about the spirit of the Lord. He talks about the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of might, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So, you know, seven aspects or seven facets of the anointing, but I like to say the seven wind patterns of the Lord. And why is that? The, the first wind pattern that we see is the spirit of the Lord. Now, and that's what we're going to discuss tonight. Um, it talks about in scripture, Luke chapter four and one, we, we, we understand that, you know, Yeshua gets baptized by John the Baptist, right? So Isaiah foresees the type of anointing that would rest upon him. He says, now Yeshua now filled with the Ruach Kokodesh or the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan. He was led by the, by the spirit of God or the Ruach in the wilderness. And then Luke 4 and 14, Yeshua returned in the power of the Ruach to the Galilee. And news went, uh, news about him went throughout all the surrounding region. Okay, so as I stated, we know that Yeshua was filled with the Holy Spirit when he was baptized under John's baptism, John the Baptist's baptism. And so that word spirit in the Greek is the word pneuma, which can mean breath or wind. It means the exact same thing in Hebrew. In Hebrew, it's the word ruach. If you notice, I mentioned that word ruach. Ruach means breath or wind. So when you talk about the holy or the kodesh ruach, we're talking about the holy wind or the holy breath of God, right? So we know that Yeshua was anointed by the Holy Spirit, even as Isaiah had prophesied. And so it says the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And so... You know, after 40 days of fasting, after he's filled with the spirit, after 40 days of fasting, uh, 40 days of being in the wilderness, being tested and tempted by the devil, he, not only was he just filled with the spirit, the Bible says he returns now in the power of the Ruach HaKadosh. He returns in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what caused him to go from just being filled or indwelt with the spirit to now being filled with the power or in the Greek we have the word dunamis, the supernatural power of the spirit. What caused that? He learned how to harness the power of the wind. He learned how to harness the power of the wind. Okay, so for one, he fasted and prayed during those 40 days. So, you know, fasting is essentially denying the flesh of what the flesh is used to and concentrating effort on feeding your spirit man, feeling, you know, consuming the things of God's word, consuming being in his presence, being in prayer, being in study of his word. You're setting yourself apart just to do that when you fast. You're denying the flesh, but you're put, uh, uh, playing, paying extra close attention now to your inner man, to your spirit man. During that time of fasting, he's yielding himself to the power of the Holy Spirit. He's given himself more over 
to the breath and wind of God. He's, he's harnessing the power of the wind. You know, uh, let's see here. So, so when the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, he unrolled the scroll. This is Luke 4, 17 through 19, and found in a place where it's written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Ruach of Adonai is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. So the spirit of the Lord, the Ruach of the Lord, is the anointing to preach and witness. That wind, that particular wind pattern, the spirit of the Lord, is the ability to witness or to preach, to proclaim the lordship of Yeshua. The, the, the ability to proclaim the gospel to people. That's the spirit of the Lord. That's the Ruach of the Lord. That is the, that's one of the aspects of the wind patterns of God is the spirit of the Lord. And the spirit of the Lord is the ability to proclaim the good news, to be a witness. In other words, God uses you for the service of deliverance, of salvation, bringing salvation to people. The spirit of the Lord, this wind pattern, proclaims the gospel to the poor and poor can also reference the humble. The Bible talks about to be poor in spirit, which is a mark of humility. It's an idiom that, re that refers to humility. Release to the captives, reference to scattered Israelites. Release to the captives, which is a reference to scattered Israelites in captivity. Uh, the Israelites, you know, were prophesied to go, uh, to be scattered, to go into captivity as a result of their disobedience to the covenant, their disobedience to God's instructions and commands, to be enslaved by other nations, and also enslaved to spiritual bondages. And recovery of sight to the blind, Satan, the God of this world, has blinded, scattered, scattered Israel, who had the light, to, in order to now recover it. And the nations who have been blinded since the fall of Adam, to set free the oppressed, the scattered sheep of Israel oppressed by other nations and those oppressed spiritually and socially, etc. All those under oppression can find freedom when someone anointed with the spirit of the Lord proclaims the gospel to them. To proclaim the year of God's favor, this is the year of Jubilee, when Israel will return back to their inheritance in the land. And that's going to happen at the Lord's return, right? Jesus when he reads this in Luke chapter 4, he's actually quoting a, a shortened version of a text found in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 61, okay? When in Isaiah 61, when he proclaims what the spirit of Adonai would do through him in his first coming. He said, well, the spirit of, of Elohim is upon me because God has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. Okay, so that was, that was what he would fulfill in his first coming. But if you go on to continue to read Isaiah 61, it says, And the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of Adonai. So when he talks about the day of our God's vengeance, that's at his second return. 
That's going to be the second fulfillment of that particular passage of scripture. All right. Remember, this is Pathfinders. We like to dig into the word. Amen. And really understand what it is that we are reading. At his return, the spirit of the Lord will empower him to vindicate all the enemies of God, the day of God's vengeance. He will comfort those who mourn in Zion. He will exchange their ashes for beauty, their mourning for the oil of joy, the spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise, that his people Israel might be called the oaths of righteousness, the planting of Adonai. Now, this wind pattern of the spirit of the Lord is promised to us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Ruach Hokadesh, you, will, you shall receive dunamis, supernatural, miraculous power. When the Ruach Hokadesh, the holy wind and the holy breath of the Almighty has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and through all Judah and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So essentially the same anointing that is on Yeshua to proclaim the gospel is the same anointing that he breathes upon us in order for us to proclaim the gospel as well. So in other words, the things that he did, we're to do as far as being a witness for him. He preached with power, we preached with power. He taught and made disciples, we teach and make disciples. He laid hands on the sick and they recovered. We lay hands on the sick and they recovered. He he, he operated and flowed in healing and deliverance and and setting people free, we should function the same way as well when we tap into what the wind pattern of the Spirit of the Lord. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18, he says, Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every creature. He who believes and is immersed shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak new languages. They will handle snakes. They will, and, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Yeshua taught his disciples to harness the full wind power of the spirit of the Lord. And so as, and to do this, as I stated before, prayer and fasting is paramount. We see the example in Luke chapter 4. He was in the wilderness for 40 days after being led there and uh, led into the wilderness by the Spirit. And then it says when he returns in the power of the Holy Spirit. So you can be filled with the Spirit, but you return in the power of the Spirit through prayer and fasting. How do we know this? Matthew chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. So Yeshua said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go forth, but except by prayer and fasting. So nothing by any means will be harmful to you. You know, it, it will go forth by prayer and fasting. That's key. So when we close this out here, you know, we talk about harnessing the wind patterns of the Lord, harnessing the power of the wind. Think about a sailboat. How does a sailboat move? How does it function? How does it operate? Its sail is set 
up so that it can catch the wind's power and then be propelled by the power of the wind. And so as we spend time with the Lord in prayer, in fasting, in his word, as we walk in his ways and in his wisdom, as we seek him, we're training our spirit man, our inner man, to to harness the power of the wind. See, the wind is always blowing, but if you don't have a sail set up, you won't you won't be able to use the power of it to provide for you transport if you're a sailor. You know, we even have windmills that harness the power of the wind to to um, you know when the windmill is being propelled. It produces electricity. So power is converted by what? Learning how to flow with the wind, learning how to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. So we learned about the first aspect of the uh, uh, seven wind patterns of the Holy Spirit. This one being the Spirit of the Lord, the power to witness, the power to proclaim good news, you know, the, the power to be a witness through the, the, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. Um, our next lesson, we're going to discuss the spirit of wisdom. But until we meet again, we'll discuss the spirit of wisdom, the, the, uh, the, the wind pattern of harnessing the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in God's wisdom. That'll be the next uh, segment. But until we meet again, I want to say shalom. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. I can't wait to get into the word of God some more as we discover more of the ancient paths of scripture. May you be blessed and may much shalom come upon you. God bless you and may the spirit of the Lord be mightily upon your life. Amen.